This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Maggie. My name is Brian. And today we have someone very special on our show. His name is Alan Chicken Chow. And What's up? He's a creator and actor who has amassed over 3 million followers online. Best known for his comedy skits that center on universally relatable moments and global pop culture, Alan's mission is to unite audiences of all backgrounds through laughter. Alan is a 2020 TikTok ambassador and has worked with brands such as Reese's Puffs, DoorDash, Adobe, and Universal Music, Alicia Keys. As an actor, Alan has appeared in projects such as ABC's Grey's Anatomy, Hulu's Into the Dark, and CBS Multicam Pilot, The Emperor of Malibu, starring Ken Jeong. And yes, Alan's middle name is actually Chicken. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you. I did all that? Who? <laughs> nah, not me. Yeah, so amazing. <laughs> I'm just fire. <laughs> it's, always, it's always weird to sit through like someone reading your bio. <laughs> I know I wrote that, but like, it feels weird for you to say it out loud. <laughs> no, no, no. You are definitely amazing. And we're very excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Can we start off with you know, like where you grew up and, you know, what your family was like? Did you grow up in like a very traditional Asian family? How was your experience growing up and where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Dallas, Texas, specifically the suburb of Plano, Texas. And I'm really blessed because it was a very diverse um, town growing up. Uh, not just Asian people, but people of all backgrounds. My best friends, I remember, were Jewish and Muslim and Asian and white and you know all different types of people so i'm really i feel really blessed that i grew up in that city it was a great great city of plano texas um in terms of my parents i think you know they tried to be traditionally asian but like <laughs> the thing about them is like they like kind of gave up halfway they were like oh like we're gonna like get you into all the best classes and when i when i was like a freshman in high school, they just like got busy with their own things. So they didn't discipline me that much. Uh-huh. But I think they really instilled in me, you know, the values of hard work and trying your best at a young age that I carried through myself um, in my own in, in my own work. So uh, yeah, yeah, Plano was great. And I am, I, I do feel really blessed that there was like, you know, uh, like Asian people in my town, because I know that's not the case for um, usual, usual case for, you know, Asians in the South are not yeah. in California or yeah. in New York and in main cities. And so I, I do feel like I grew up with, you know, pretty strong Asian culture as well as American culture because of the town of Plano, Texas. Yeah. Well, that's really awesome. And I want to hear a little bit more about like your inspiration behind getting to acting and social media and TikTok, mm-hmm. because as you mentioned before, 
know, you grew up in, in Texas and mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the media stuff happens in LA or New York, but how did you develop that passion for it in where you grew up? Yeah, so growing up, I watched a lot of Disney Channel. And um, I just wanted to be on Disney Channel. I don't know, like, I my personality is I'm just like a huge fanboy of things. And I'm such a fan that I just want to be a part of it. I'm like, I don't just want to watch the show. I want to be a part of like what I enjoy so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I did some theater and stuff in high in middle school. But I really quickly recognized that I'm that I was like, Oh, I've never really watched theater productions. Why am I in theater? I want to be on screen. I want to be in film and television. Mm -hmm. So I did my own research and just looked up like film and TV classes in, um, in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I convinced my parents to take me to Stonebriar mall to get glamor shots at like super embarrassing with like this big Hollister logo right here, (laughs) right? Yellow shirt going like, like so embarrassing. I love that. And yeah, yeah. And as I think as like a 12, thir- uh, 13, 14 year old, I just emailed them to a bunch of agents, wow. like all around like Dallas, just found their information online. And thankfully one of them wanted to like represent me. My mom thought it was a scam in the beginning. Of course, like it does seem too good to be true. You know, your kid just emails someone random agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it and it was a JCPenney ad. I was in the ad and we got money. So oh. my parents like, oh, okay. Like, I guess you can do this, you know? <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, for sure. I did really like try my best to continue doing school so mm-hmm. well so that there was no reason for them to be like, you're focusing too much on your, you know, acting and stuff. You're not focusing yeah. on school. I really prioritized doing well at both so that mm-hmm. I could you know, prove to them and, you know, myself that I wasn't giving up my academics to, you know, do the arts and do creative stuff. That's awesome. I'm kind of curious too. I mean, as a 12 and 13 year old, for most people, they haven't really broken out of their shell yet. Mm. Like nonetheless, cold call or cold email someone. So what is your upbringing like? How did your parents enforce these type of values for you to go out there and take that action that you want to get in order to yeah. succeed? I think especially as an Asian too, because my parents, they like, they tell me to be quiet all the time. So I grew up as mm. a super quiet Asian girl. I'm wondering <laughs> like how it was like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. I, I've never like had that experience of being told to be, you know, quiet and stuff. Um, I think I really attribute it to my dad because my dad's like so loud and my the whole side of my dad's family is like they're all like super loud they're super funny and my dad always told me to chase my dreams like at a really young age I'm really thankful for him he's always said that um and yeah so I I think I really do attribute it to my parents the way they raised me they encouraged me to go for things and uh I think that's why I, I didn't have any you know like drawbacks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 as a kid, I, I commend my own self as a kid because I didn't even like think that like this couldn't happen. I'm like, oh yeah, we can do that. Like, let's just go do it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, thankful to my parents for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very curious. You, you were going back to school or you were continuing to go to school to kind of fulfill your parents' dreams, right? Like you just wanted to make them proud to finish school. But did you know if you were actually going to go into acting full time? Like, did you know, okay, you're not going to use your degree 
Um, and you don't know yeah. that. He could major in theater. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. What did you major in, and did you actually use it? Yeah. So I majored in business and screenwriting, and and social media is really the intersection yeah. of business and screenwriting. Um, I'm really thankful that I did, you know, stick to school and and try really, really hard in my academics because that's what led to me being able to be a creator right now because I got introduced to TikTok through USC. I did acting before, yeah. but you know, this whole, this whole sphere was definitely because of school. And, um, as a kid, you know, like in high school, I always knew that I wanted to move out to LA to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. And I knew that my parents wouldn't let me just go for no reason. So that actually encouraged me more to work really hard at school so I could get accepted to USC. Yeah. And, you know, move to L.A. because they wouldn't have let me just come as like an actor with no school, yeah. you know. So I think they really informed each other. Yeah. Well, yeah, awesome. I really like that a lot, too. Yeah. How your parents are so supportive and how you yeah. have that, that self-belief, you know, you're like, you know, this is what I want in life. I'm going to go out there and get it. And of course, we know that for success, it's never easy, you know, and you probably hit a lot of setbacks that a mm. lot of us aren't aware of. And how do you mm. overcome that? What kind of setbacks did you face before? Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some big ones for acting. I would say one of the biggest like setbacks that I had that no one's really aware of was I was actually a part of 13 Reasons Why Season 2. Mm -hmm. I was like a main recurring character in it. Mm -hmm. And I filmed the whole season and... And it was me and Piper Curta, like playing brother and sister awesome. across, yeah, Cor uh, Courtney Crimson, the character Courtney Crimson. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we filmed the whole thing and I had a premiere party, literally like set up a screening for me and my friends the next day. And I watched it at midnight and my entire storyline was cut out. <gasps> wow. Like, like I wasn't even in it at all. Oh, and the day before they posted promotional marketing materials that had my character in it. So it was a complete blindside. Like, and that was supposed to be the big break of my career. Cause that was the mm -hmm. first really mainstream show that I got. Sorry, so yeah, it's things like that. You know, that's one of them. That's probably the biggest like um, setback that I had because it was so unexpected, but there's definitely been like, you know, with acting like auditions like roles that i didn't get pilots that didn't get picked up mm -hmm. things like that that are very not not seen in the public eye mm -hmm. and um it, it was really hard I, I went through a period of like man like is this it like you just like you you just do this and mm -hmm. and like it hurts this much and and then you're supposed to keep going and i that's what i would say I, I, my advice i wish that i gave back to my old self was like just like suffer for a little bit, cut it off, and then just continue moving. Because yeah. um, I think that it, it's all about the pursuit and all about the journey. And if you really love your craft, then the things that will hurt, they definitely will hurt. They probably hurt even more because you like it so much. But yeah. if you really love what you do, then then you'll keep going and keep pursuing it. Yeah. yeah, that's really inspiring. And we can definitely tell that you really love what you do. Um, what would you say is like the hardest thing about being an actor? I think like Brian and I, you know, when we talk to actors, they they also mention that when they're going to like casting calls, for example, right? They like scrutinize every single little detail, right? You have to like be super careful about mm -hmm. everything. But you know, like I'm very curious what you think and what like the hardest thing for acting is for you. 
Yeah, you know what's funny? I I, I want to speak upon that. That's one thing that I I am very glad that I I never did that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I actually like I love like <laughs> all the people who are in my same category. Like I'm really good friends with them. Like for example, Brandon Suu and mm-hmm. other people like Peter Adrian Sadarso. If you guys know him, mm-hmm. Yoshi Sadarso, the brothers guys like Justin Min, like people that I would see often, I'm like in love with them. I'm like, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You're so talented. So every time I would go to an audition, for me, it'd be like a party. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's here in the waiting room. So I like never really thought like that, yeah. like scrutinizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that makes me enjoy act. That makes me enjoy the audition process more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm a rare case for that, but that's the approach that I like to yeah. to to go through whenever I go to auditions. Yeah. I think the thing that's the hardest though about acting is not having control. Like the, you know, like 13 Reasons, like I don't know why they would have cut out the whole storyline. I still don't know. That's part of what drives me crazy. And you don't have control of, you know, whether shows get picked up, whether things get cut out, Mm-hmm. why someone would or would not get a role, you know? That's the part that's the most difficult. And that's why I love content creation because you get to control everything. Definitely. Yeah. I like that a lot. I really love a lot of great values that you just mentioned now. It's like you mentioned a lot about enjoying the journey and a lot of people always see the end goal. And they're like, okay, once I get the end goal, I'll be happy. Mm. Um, but for you, it's like you really emphasize the journey, which I can really admire. And I also really like your positive mindset. You know, it's, thank you. I think you sort of downplay the situation a lot and it's, it's, it's a positive mindset that, that it really gets you through all the tough times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of times where you can easily be like, oh, this is too hard or against me or to cut me out. Maybe I'm not meant for this, you know, maybe Mm. I can give up. Mm. But you you kept the mentality going and you found yourself a very supportive crew. You know, as you, as you mentioned, Brendan a couple of times and um, Shu, is that your girlfriend? Uh, no, okay, we're, we're, we're not dating in real life, but oh, okay, okay. Wow. we watch all your TikToks. Now we're just confused. It now. looks so real. You guys, I thought you guys were a couple this whole time. <laughs> we laugh about it. We all, all like, we laugh because we know that everyone thinks that even our friends think that. Yeah. Like oh, my, own, my own friends are like, oh, you're so cute. Like, so glad you're dating. I'm like, we're not dating. <laughs> we're really good friends, though. That just threw really out well my next it. question. I was going to ask you, what is it like working with your significant other? But now that oh, I my know, gosh. You guys are actors and actresses and you're skits. <laughs> my whole life is a lie. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I have to tell her that after this. That's, you know, it's a funny thing about social media is like, because people expect, it to be kind of your life yeah Yeah. they like you if you saw a tv show and you saw two actors dating you wouldn't assume that they're dating in real life good Mm -hmm. but because like content is like kind of associated with your real personality yeah people like think things like that which is really funny it's very new to me very new (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious too how'd you meet your supporter group of friends like shu and brendan yeah Um, you guys are a trio you know i feel like it's just a matter of time before you're our gen or the next generation of wang fu basically oh my gosh that means the world thank you so much that's like great that's like crazy to hear thank you so much i i hope that is true i think that's the goal and the intention Mm -hmm. to really have like very good positive representation of asians that are not doing stereotypes right um and that's what i think wang fu did like 
so, so amazing. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. That, that means a ton. Um, me and Brandon met at an audition, actually, just like I, like I told you guys. Um, I'm just always like, oh, my God, like, oh, I love you on blah, 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 when I'm, I'm at auditions. So I met him at one, um, and then I was like, oh, we should hang out. And we kind of we kind of hung out, and I remember showing Brandon TikTok for the very first time because I was on it like for a while before he was, and his like eyes lit up, and he's like, "Oh my god, this looks so fun!" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Uh, and then for Shu, I met her just like at a friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. and we happened to just be like, "Oh, we should make some videos together." At the time, neither of us were taking it seriously as a career. Mm-hmm. She was doing some YouTube videos and things like that. I was just doing TikTok on the side. Mm-hmm. And we made one that was is still to this day my most viewed video, mm-hmm. which is like, when your girlfriend wears too much makeup. <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, this is like, we have to capitalize on this. So uh-huh. we both like really started to use that format in, in our videos now. Mm-hmm. So that's where it came from. That's yeah. the origin. <laughs> it's very relatable. Yeah. I, think, I think that's how yeah. a lot of people connect with your videos because they always watch it and they're like, oh, that, that, is so accurate. It applies to my own life, you know? Yeah. And- oh man. Yeah. I, that's the hope. I, I, uh, I really wanted that to be true for mm-hmm. people around the world. Cause one thing that's different about TikTok is it's very global rather than Instagram or even mm-hmm. YouTube because it's so much dialogue that's very centered on yeah. the country you're in. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to always like bring in people from around the world who all see that they can relate on these same things. You know, my, my biggest like, uh, joy comes from when the comment section is like in 10 different languages. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And yeah, we really wanted you to come on this podcast because we knew like two or three years from now, you're going to be such a big celebrity that you won't even see our inbox anymore. We're like, Dude, we gotta get get to Alan now before you. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> flattering and like so. Oh, th- thank you, thank you, you guys too. It, like Asian Hustle Network, like just just a few years ago, it didn't exist, and now I feel like so many people are in it. Like mm-hmm. everyone I know is in it and really uses that as a resource, which is yeah amazing. Yeah, because we have had you know guys who found it Rotten Tomatoes, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. podcast and episode in the past and we see you as the future you know we see mm-hmm. you in the same influential fear as like you know influential circle mm-hmm. like okay we gotta reach out to alan and it'd yeah. be pretty cool to have this podcast with you now and then five years later have a podcast with you again <laughs> oh true yeah wow. yeah That's for cool, sure you know? yeah yeah and you guys will be like taking over the world too <laughs> asian asian like the whole continent of asia we'll, we'll change your name to uh, asian domination network yeah 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 for oh, sure <laughs> ADN yeah, ADN yeah. yeah that's awesome I kind of want to switch gears a bit and mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about mental health mm. and we know like you know as you mentioned before have, like being in social media being like an actor and being in the spotlight all the time oftentimes the conversation of mental health doesn't really come up and we've seen this happen over and over in the past with our favorite youtubers just saying hey i need a break Um, my mental health is not not able to take this anymore i'm all about the numbers and likes it's affecting me negatively has this situation affected you before and how'd you deal with that yeah yes totally um it affects me before and it it always like affects me it's a very pervasive thing and i see it like 
I think I see it so much with creators, like in particular, because um, with acting, it's kind of an expected part of the journey. Like the whole the whole dialogue around acting is like you're gonna fail at your auditions, so it's kind of expected. But with creators, like no one really sees the struggle. Like people only see your happy side or like the content, especially because it's so intertwined with your personal life, mm-hmm. like social media. Even my own really close friends from college from before I ever did content creation, they don't know if I'm struggling or not because mm-hmm. I don't post that stuff, which maybe maybe that's what needs to change. I don't know, but I, that's not really my brand to be like, you know, I'm going through something. I wouldn't really mm-hmm. post that to my followers, you know, because mm-hmm. I want to be a source of joy for them. So it is, it's definitely like a constant battle. Um, I've definitely felt it like more like, I felt it get harder as I've like made a career out of it, which is Mm -hmm. interesting because you think that like when you, you know, have your dreams come true, like you should be happier, but it's more of like, it's more volatile, Mm -hmm. I feel. Um, And I, I have a very like intense morning routine Mm -hmm. uh, of like the first three hours I journal, I meditate, I work out, I eat breakfast. I try not to check my phone for the first three hours Mm-hmm. and I work out outside, you know, I do all of that very intentionally because I know that I can get very depressed like sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I started seeing a, a therapist recently, like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And just like anything I can do, like really working at it as if it's just like working out, you know? Because yeah. um, I think it was Lily Singh that actually said mm-hmm. how, like, um, with everything else in life, you know that it takes work to get to. Money, it takes work to get to. A relationship, it takes work to get to. The same thing comes for like happiness and stability and mental health. Like It really takes literal steps and, and works to get to a stable mindset. Mm-hmm. So... That's yeah. so powerful and yeah. we need to hear that. Yeah. You know, and people who want to get to con- content creation, there's a lot of, you know, mental health stuff that's often not talked about. And, and we thank you for that, for mm-hmm. talking about that, you know, because everybody, everybody wants to show their good side. Everybody wants to be happy, be really positive, but we're all human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to seek help. There's no bad stigma against that. And I don't know like what the Asian popular, like Asian community is often very, a bad thing you know it's very stigmatized and that's horrible yeah. uh, you just yeah. need to normalize it we're all human here yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah therapy in, in particular like i just started it not because i'm having any like recent mental breakdowns but right. because i know that it's coming you know like i know that like if i don't like seek therapy like i feel like i might spiral out you know like mm-hmm. like when i get busy um mm-hmm. And I like, I mentioned it in passing, just like, oh, like I just, in therapy, like blah, 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 blah. And I feel like people are always like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. you're in therapy, like what's going on? I'm like, no, 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 it's like nothing bad. Like yeah. I'm just doing it because it's like a regular doctor's checkup. Yep. Also like in some cases it might be free depending on your insurance, you know? So yep. like, mm-hmm. I like encourage doing it. It's just like a way to vent and to talk out things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried to convince my mom to do mm-hmm. it and she's you know traditional like yeah. Asian and she won't do it yeah. so yeah 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 I'm so glad that you talked about therapy in this podcast and talked about like meditation taking care of yourself mentally because mm. you're right like a lot of Asian parents they don't recognize 
what therapy is and like how it could be useful because mm-hmm. they think like if we're going to therapy, we obviously are going through like a mental breakdown, right? But that's mm-hmm. not true at all. I think that it takes so much courage and strength just to acknowledge that you are going through therapy and it like you don't even have to have like an epiphany while you're going through a session. Mm-hmm. Even just like talking to your therapist, like I know for a fact that when you go out of that therapy session, it already feels so much better yeah. that you acknowledge that you asked for help. Yeah. You know? Even yeah. for us, running Asian Hustle Network has taken a huge strain on our mental health. Mm-hmm. Like we feel like we're in everyone's issues, everyone's problems. Is <laughs> this at one point, we're just getting like thousands of messages a, a week. And we're just like, oh my mm-hmm. God, we can't respond to everyone. Everyone's constantly getting mad at us. We're not responding. And we feel, we feel that, that, that strain and pressure. And this, that's part of the reason why we want to ask that question too, because mm-hmm. we want to normalize it for others yeah. not talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And just normalizing like therapy too. I think I went to a dinner the other night and these girls were talking at a dinner table and they're saying like, oh yeah, my therapist told me this, my therapist told me that. And I love that, you know, I love how they're normalizing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do want to switch it back into more of a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy can be positive. It can, it can. It's very positive. I mean, happier (laughs) notes. Um, So what are your goals for 2021 and and moving forward? Oh, yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, I... I want to diversify and use my following as leverage to do bigger projects. So um, the people that I really look up to most are Anna Akana and Lily Singh. They're like on my, I have a vision board. They're like right there. (laughs) Anna Akana, Lily Singh, Ken Jeong and RM from BTS. Um, I love them. I look up to them because they not only have an online social presence, but they were able to use it to create longer form shows and reach a bit even bigger audience Mm -hmm. and uh i have like a treatment and an outline that i'm trying to pitch around um just you know using like what i have in my experience both as an actor and as as a content creator Mm -hmm. to get something bigger made yeah Uh, so yeah that's that's the um big picture goal for 2021 we love that we absolutely support that let us know we can help in any way yeah here help you alan yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm very curious as a content creator, um, how do you find inspiration to come out with such good content every single day? I feel like for Brian and myself, we We're always like, <laughs> we always come into like a writer's block type of thing where it's like, oh, what type of content should we put out? But like very curious how you come up with content. Yeah, so um, before I started making my own content, I actually was a writer for Smile Squad. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, Markion and mm-hmm. Smile Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was their head writer for about oh. a year and a half. I didn't, I only acted in one video, I think, but I wrote all of them. Mm-hmm. And I learned from that like experience that you will never run out of ideas. Like you, if you're forced to make ideas, you will come up with ideas. The key thing to know is that every idea doesn't have to be a big pivot from the last one. So if you think of your ideas as a sentence and you think of one of the spaces as a Mad Lib, you just switch one word out. So like, so what it like, so for example, like if your girlfriend wears too much makeup, or like, and then you would switch out like one noun and then you would come up with a new idea. Like when your girlfriend like wears too many dresses, that's not a good idea, but you, you get the idea, right? Yeah. Like just switching one very small aspect out of a big idea 
um, makes ideas very easily repeatable and it's mm-hmm. very easily consumable for your audience. So it's not like they're getting this new concept every yeah. time. They're getting something similar with something tweaked. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a, my best advice. To I never thought of it that way. That's a really good strategy and concept because I feel like people get tripped up because they think, oh, I did that already. Like I have to think of something mm-hmm. new, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like if you think of, you know, the most successful movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. like Friends, like you, you like it because it is... Yeah. familiar yeah. and that you just put them in different circumstances yeah yeah so okay. like that a lot yeah. and kind of curious too like how does tiktok change your life <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh it's it's been huge i feel well and now i'm doing it full time which mm-hmm. is um such a blessing that i get to you know pay for my life and my apartment through content that i create myself mm-hmm. that's been a really fun um thing for my my lifestyle but i think there's one like even more important thing for how it changed the way that i view myself and my interests so mm-hmm. when i first started tiktok um i it was a secret like nobody knew my account none of my friends knew i had an account mm-hmm. because i was i grew up even though i grew up in an asian town like the things like Asian interest things always tended to be considered nerdy, like anime and K-pop and Korean dramas and things like that. It always like, even within Asian communities, it was considered like you were like a Kiriabu or a Weeaboo if you were into those things. So I never really told my friends or like expressed publicly that I liked those things. It was always very personal. Like it was like a a secret. Uh But then I started creating content for it on TikTok because none of my friends were on it when I first started. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, you know, people across the world really resonate with this stuff. And my goal, like creating content was to make things that were like considered nerdy, especially Asian interest things that were considered Mm -hmm. nerdy to just normalize them in my content so that people could think it's cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's cool. And I think that actually it's getting to be cool, like anime and K-pop for sure, Mm -hmm. like cool things for Gen Z now. Yeah, 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 like everyone loves it now. Korean dramas are getting up there. Like, you know, things like that. Like, um, I used to be really, like, embarrassed or ashamed to like, and now I, it's Mm -hmm. part of my identity, like, to really love and and bolster like a- Asian things, especially international Asian things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just want to reiterate what you said earlier too. I love how you're using content and creating content not to emphasize stereotypes of Asian people, but to actually like make these nerdy things cool and just showing like what Asian people are really capable of doing. You know, like we are like really putting ourselves on the map and, you know, we are interested in things that like anyone else in the world can be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. For I really sure. love you pioneering down that path and mm-hmm. making Asian culture cool, yeah. you know, and it, it I think, like like compared to other platforms tiktok is like you know making asians really cool and you love what you're doing um kind of curious thank you awesome yeah kind of curious to like when you are finding your your partnerships right mm-hmm. like do people approach you do you approach them and to go back one more question what was that turning point what during your TikTok career that you realized that, hey, this is viable. Like, mm. this is, I can make a career out of this. I can become, become successful at this. And how long did, the, did that whole process take for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, for partnerships, do you mean brands? 
uh, partnership? Uh, I mean, like just other creators. Like how oh, do you other creators. Okay, cool. Uh, so to answer the the question about the turning point, um, whenever I became a TikTok ambassador, mm-hmm. um, there was a day. There was a day where. Um, we first like had our program and we went to the TikTok headquarters this is pre-COVID in Culver City. And uh, the 12 of us, it was a program like 12 people across, 12 creators across the country were chosen for this program. None of us really knew what it was. Like, to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I just like applied for it. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our pictures were all up on the walls. Like, wow. like insane, like in this like giant projection with our names and our photos. And I never really considered myself like a creator before that, but I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like <laughs> this app that's a global app, like has our photos up on the wall and had all this custom merchandise and things like that. So that was the first seed that was planted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for a while I wasn't able to like really commit because I had a lot going on. I was doing acting and writing for Smile Squad. But actually when COVID hit and the sh- shutdown happened, mm-hmm. like everything stopped. And I was like, oh, the only thing that's still going on right now is like content mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. And so I really went hard whenever COVID like, like stopped every, all the productions from going on. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was able to really gain traction and work with a lot of brands that were able to like pay for, you know, life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was that, that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, for partnerships, um, we're we're very uh, particular about working with people who, like, first of all, like, don't uh, there. We we want to work with people who have like bigger picture in mind. Yeah, because there are a lot of creators who have like so many followers, like, uh-huh. and and maybe like yeah, like so many followers, way more than us across platforms, but maybe they're only con- considered a, they're only focused on followers and views and continuing to do that. Whereas like, we're not really that concerned about that. Yes, that's important because numbers are important. Don't get me wrong. Like it is very needed, but we want to like do this so that we can create bigger picture stuff, like a bigger Mm -hmm. impact, like do bigger projects like film and TV and, and tell bigger stories, uh, things like that. Not really considered, not really fo- people who are not really focused on virality, but mm-hmm. who are focused on like impact and IP and business sense. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of like what we look for in friends of ours. So like mm-hmm. Marlon, I don't know if you guys know Marlon, Marlon, Mar, Mar, Marland. Mm-hmm. He's like a new, new friend of ours we've been shooting with. He mm-hmm. really gets it. And you know, different people like that. Yeah. yeah, we've been seeing on your TikTok, you've been hanging out with uh, Chucky's dead. <laughs> oh, yes, Melissa. Yes, she's a perfect example. She's, she's like represented by UTA and she's yeah. trying to like pitch a TV show yeah. around her, um, her cult stuff, yeah. you know, and she wants to get into stand up comedy. Like, yeah. she really gets it. Like, even though she's crazy, she's also like so crazy in person. Like, she's <laughs> not, it's not for the TikTok. She's probably even like, She's just wild, like. <laughs> oh, um, you need to chat with her. Yeah. Yes, you have to chat with her. She's so funny. If you guys want me to connect, like, yeah, she's so funny. Um, but she she gets it. Like, she under yeah. she fully understands that. Like, this is a springboard. It's not the mm-hmm. the end goal. You know? yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian showed me. Um, 
Chunky's dad YouTube video. The, where she left her job yeah, like at Google. midnight or something. Yeah, I thought that was so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. She is, uh, she's so funny. So funny. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. We're a huge fan of you guys. So we literally yeah. watch all your videos and you know, as we were preparing for this podcast weeks in advance, we're like, okay, do we know enough about Alan to reach out to Alan? And there's <laughs> oh a 90% God. chance Alan would say no, but we'll still <laughs> research him anyways. <laughs> we're very lucky to have caught you when you're oh famous already, but before you get too famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's like, I get scared when people tell me that they watch my videos because I didn't really start like really pumping out making videos and whenever COVID hit. Uh-huh. So I never interact with people outside of who I film with and just recently I guess like even though the world hasn't changed like the kind of like culture has changed where you can kind of go out Uh and I've met like people who've said like oh I watched your videos and I'm like what because for the first like six months of us like really creating together we didn't see anyone so I never I thought I don't know like what I thought, who watched it, but I was like, these are just numbers. I don't even know who's behind these, no faces behind these numbers. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm like, don't tell me you watch my videos. Ah, I don't want you to like, tell me that. Like, I just want them to be like, I don't know, like out in the world somewhere. <laughs> How often are you filming? Is it like every single day or do you budget some time like a couple times a week to actually do some filming? Yeah. Um, yeah, it really depends on the week. Uh, I would say we probably film between three to five times a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. just depending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys just film like all in one session just for the next week or yeah. do you guys film for the next month? Uh, we try to film like around for the next week. It, it really depends. Sometimes me and Shu, because we have a lot of videos that are just us two, right. or just us two like knock out like four to five together in one day. And then yeah. we don't really have to film for a while. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we have some ideas that require like group things. And when there's a group, like say there's five creators, mm-hmm. you, you kind of like get less uh, videos because everyone's making one. Right. So maybe you'll come out of that with like two videos or something like that. So it really depends on what stuff, mm-hmm. what like the session is. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Definitely. I guess one of our final questions is how many drafts do you have in your TikTok account? Oh my gosh. You know, I usually don't. Like, it's actually funny. Like, we'll be in a panic being like, oh my gosh, we have to edit something so we can post tonight. So I actually usually don't have that many drafts. But today I spent all day just like putting together videos. So I have four. Ooh. Wow. For, for like the next more than four I have. days. That's actually a really good number. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's more than I have. Because <laughs> like our friends would show us their, their TikToks and be like 150 drafts. I'm like, what oh, the yeah. heck? Well, like, how do you choose between that? Like, how do you even remember what they are? Exactly. <laughs> they should just post them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you got to segment them. <laughs> Timing. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. That is funny. I've not, yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're expecting you to have like 200 drafts. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely not. We've, we oh. edit our stuff outside of the app, like we yeah, shoot yeah. outside of it. So yeah, not yeah. usually, usually only the finished product is on. Yeah. Alan's is like top notch quality. So he has to edit it make it look nice. Know, and everything. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're just perfectionists. Sometimes. We can just be, but I want to see all those drafts of those people. Like I want to see like what they're nitpicking at. <laughs> we will nitpick. We have like a ton of takes of something's really stupid. Yeah. yeah. It's funny to see them all like, 
under drafts. That's hilarious. I bet it's just like one elbow was like <laughs> higher during a day. They're like, oh, I don't want to use this oh, one. Oh, dude, I actually winked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always small stuff like that. Only the person filming it would know. We're like, I look ugly yeah. in that one. You look, you look the same. You look the same every day. <laughs> well, only we know our imperfections, okay? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. What's one advice that you can give someone who is trying to start out in TikTok and mm. trying to leave their nine to five job um, and go uh, full time into TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is a really good question. Uh, I would say uh, to have a balance of trending videos that will get you seen mm-hmm. and really original content. So like, you know, you guys know that TikTok is very trend-based. Whenever I was first growing my account, I did trends because, you know, like when you're scrolling through the For You page, if you like one trend, then the the trend will start to pop up. So that's how newer accounts generally get discovered. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's very useful to start out with. But with TikTok, the trick is if you just become a trend creator, like you, all you do is like TikTok trends, then you don't really stand out. There's nothing very different about you versus, you know, the next TikTok creator. So you have to find your originality, your own style of, you know, fashion or DIY or music or skits. That mm-hmm. is very you because when it comes to the higher level, like for example, um, DKNY of fashion brand wants to find creators they want people who are really original and create original content. So if you want to get the brand deals, things that will like give you money and pull you out of your job, then it's important to like really be known for something, you know, that's not trendy. So just playing around with that, like kind of balance of that. Love yeah. it. That's great advice, yeah. Alan. We love that. Yeah. Love it. Well, it was amazing hearing your story. Thank you so much for just sharing so much wisdom and knowledge and your story. How can our listeners learn more about you? Easy. <laughs> yeah, you can call me <laughs> at Alan Chow, A-L-A-N-C-H-I-K-I-N-C-H-O-W on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, the, the works. <laughs> Wow. Thank you so much for being the show, Alan. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you guys. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And keep like, keep doing AHN. I love it. It's such a great resource. There's so many great people on there. For anyone listening, I'm sure you guys already know, obviously the podcast, but it's such a special community that provides so much value. It's like so much value to all different types of people. Um, so I, I really appreciate that you guys creating that group. Awesome. Uh-huh. Thank you, Alan. We yeah. continue making your videos. We watch yeah. it before we sleep every night. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. We we're not, we're <laughs> not crazy, actually. <laughs> I get like a hundred TikToks from Brian every night, and they're like a majority of yours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, for, thank you for watching. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.